Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? High noon on a Thursday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next two hours on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. I'm Wesley Euler. He's Arthur Motes. Between the two of us, we've got a decade of NFL experience, a really good head of hair, and we're undefeated. Never lost. Never, ever. Ever, ever. The rest is up to you to figure out, but what you should know by now uh, knuckleheads is that if you want to join in on the conversation you can find us on the dot com i'm talking the twitter.com of course at wesley euler at the body 52 the body what's up cousin man just another beautiful day man it's thursday i get some football tonight so you know i'm always excited about I'm excited that for this thursday night football Bro, game tonight like like t- just tell me this has Thursday night football become year, the new Monday night football? Best year ever for Thursday like, night football? Bro, I love the Thursday night games. I hate the Monday night yeah. games right now, bro. It really has been like that all year. Yeah. There's been some great Thursday night and games And typically, this year. it was like the opposite. Typically, Thursday night games were the throwaway games. Right. Like, they're going to have toilet bowl versus toilet bowl or trash versus hot trash. It was always like Jets versus Dolphins. Yeah, man. Cardinals versus Lions. I mean, I was in And not like, like these Cardinals. Right, 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 right. Or even old school Bills and Browns, like when both teams were, you know, fighting for one victory a year. Like... Whereas now, I mean, we're getting some some premier matchups on these Thursday night games, man. So I'm really excited about that, man. Me as well, too. I'm excited for Thursday night football tonight. Uh, it's been a good week of Maction as well, too. It has. The last two nights. We've had a couple hundo has, point games man. in the Mac. I tell you what. I mean, Mike Tomlin, you know, he's taking those shots at the Mac, Motsi. But and, and people, those I guys mean, can score points, I tell you. They, they, they can, they can, they can. But we won't like the Mike. Well, did you hear what Keith Butler said today? No, I did not. I heard I heard Ben's rebuttal yesterday. Yeah, right. I haven't yeah, heard uh, where William and Mary yeah, plays. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, Keith Butler spoke to the media this morning. Uh, some good news that came out of that. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but he said that he was talking similar lines along a trap game. Yeah. And he said uh, something like, not a direct quote, but he said something like, in the NFL, there's no SEC versus the MAC. So he went with the SEC, but he still is picking on the MAC. On the MAC, yeah. <laughs> So, so, that, so that tells me this started up top there with Coach T. He, he set that tone early in the morning with the, the, the Mac references. And from there, they've all just bought into that. Ben Roethlisberger, I tell you what, he should just protest practice the rest of the week. Uh, I mean, it's like that, man. You can't trust these Mac guys, man. You know, they're always on the short end of the stick when you see Mac versus SEC, Mac versus Big Ten, Mac versus FCS. I mean, it is what it is, man. Well, obviously, against the JMU Dukes. Oh, we ain't worried about that now. He know what it is. <laughs> Uh, Motsi, the good news from Keith Butler this morning. Um, we've been kind of these last couple weeks up in the air with Mike Hilton. Mm-hmm. Good new, hearing some good news at times, but then he's limited in practice, right. things of that nature, questionable on Sunday. Three or four games now that he's missed. Uh, but Keith Butler this morning said about Mike Hilton uh, playing, or uh, when asked about Mike Hilton possibly returning Sunday against the Jaguars, mm-hmm. Keith Butler said, and I do quote here, they're going to have to deal with him, end quote. So that mm-hmm. sounds like a pretty good sign mm-hmm. that Mike Hilton's back. And, Motsi, that's a great sign for this defense. Absolutely, man. We talk about the impact of Mike Hilton. Not only has it been – I mean, not only has it felt largely in the past game because of his blitzing ability and just how savvy he is with that, but also on the run support, man. What he's yeah. able to do in terms of being a smaller defender, but – 
play in like a, a legit linebacker sometimes when it comes to the run game, that gives you the flexibility now to get some of those smaller defensive personnel groupings out there because you know it's not a liability if a team tries to run the ball on you out of that. So with him coming back, man, that's going to be huge. Very similar to Tyson coming back last week. We saw how improved the D-line looked from a run game standpoint with Tyson being back out there. I think it's going to be a similar case once Mike Kilton gets out there, man, because yeah. his impact is felt in both of those elements of the game. I think so, too. It's it seems a little weird, right, from the traditional football perspective mm-hmm. to think that, uh, what, a 180-pound guy is so important to your run game. But, man, he, he really is, for yeah, sure. Yeah, we tell people all the time, he's not little, he's just short. <laughs> There's a difference. He's important to a lot of the things they like to do um, in sub-packages. You know, he, he, he just – it's very encouraging to see Mike Hilton back out there. Uh, we got an early tweet here. Oh, hey, now. Mozi. Um, we got a couple early tweets here, but one is about Mike Hilton – um, Sarah here asking, uh, let me see here. Essentially, uh, for a long time, we thought that Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton on the field at the same time was kind of an either-or situation. Mm-hmm. Is there a potential here that we could see both? Yeah, I definitely think you, I think so, I, for not sure. Only, you got to be excited about that Yeah, I, I think you will because we're already seeing how the uh, the Steelers with some of their sub-package ball – where they will have multiple corners out there, where you were seeing Cam Sutton out there along with Antoine mm-hmm. Brooks or along with Justin Lane, and that didn't take away from Steven Nelson and Joe Hayden being out there. So if Mike Hilton is available this weekend, I mean, you could fully anticipate him being out there along with the other corners I just listed. If anything, though, I think him being back will minimize the roles of Antoine Brooks yeah. and uh, Justin Lane, who've, yes. who've been playing a lot more due to Hilton's injury. But I will say this, I think that – with the way that those two guys, in terms of Justin Lane and Antoine Brooks, how they've been playing, which they've been doing a really good job in the the amount of time they've uh, they've had, I do think we can see a scenario where if Hilton isn't one hundred percent this game, hmm. they use him, but almost as if he was a part of a package with those other two guys, so that way you're not overworking him from that standpoint since he's been out for so long. Sure. And, and and it's more so a testament to Antoine Brooks and Justin Lane and, and the performances they've been able to put together that you have this flexibility now where you're not forced to put the, the guy coming back from injury and have him play 100% of the snaps on defense. We saw a similar situation with Tyson. Even when Tyson returned, we still saw some Henry Mondo. We still saw a little bit of Isaiah Bugs in, those, in the Davis past too. games. Absolutely. So I think it'll be a similar situation to that. Yeah, I think that's a good parallel that you just drew there. Definitely. And – that's where you want to be, right? You keep guys fresh. You work in your young guys and get them experience, you know, something that they did not get the normal amount of ahead of the season, mm-hmm. right, in, in terms of mini camps and rookie mini camps and OTAs and, of course, what would have been five preseason games for the yeah. Steelers. That's a lot of snaps. That's a lot of live action that those those guys missed out on. Uh, it's good to see them be able to step in, to be able to look like they belong out there, to be able to do a little bit of learning on the job. Uh, but at the same time, you get those hands back in the pile. You get Chris Wormley back, kind of similar huge, conversation huge. with the D-line as well, man. too. Um, it's a good time here to, to be getting those hands back in the pile as we kind of, uh, you know, we're approaching the end of November and we're getting ready to hit the stretch run, Motsi. Yeah, because, I mean, we, we even said when Wormley got uh, added to the team via trade that we thought that he would provide some really good depth and also Absolutely. some just experience because we said with Bugs, Carlos Davis, and Henry Mondo – None of those guys have the same level of experience yeah. as uh, Chris Wormley. with the division, Absolutely. Too. So him coming back is going to be a huge asset to that D-line as well. I mean, we forget that he had been gone for so long, man. 
But that's just, once again, showing the depth of this team, man, the depth offensively, defensively, and special teams, and why they've been able to, to you know, rattle off nine wins in a row now. Yeah, it, it has been fun to watch. It really has because they're getting contributions uh, from everywhere, on the offense, on the defense, on special teams as well, too. Pardon me there. I had a little, a little, bump, a little bump there, Mozi. Jumped up on me. Um, but, yeah, it's been great to see everybody put their hand in that pile and, and getting all hands on deck here again as, uh, as we approach uh, the end of November and, and get ready for the stretch run here. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. Got a couple tweets here already. Uh, Adam tweets us a picture of a Dallas Cowboys mask on the ground. Mm. And says, I literally just found this Cowboys mask lying on the ground at work. It seems like somebody finally gave up on their season. <laughs> About time. I wonder where, uh, Adam, where do you work? If, you, if you're listening live, Adam, tweet us back. Tell us where you work. Because, I mean, if this is somewhere in Pittsburgh, I mean, Ooh. this is not acceptable. Now, not accept- in his name, his name is Adam Philly the Kid. Adam Phillips. So I wonder if... Ah. Adam Philly okay, okay, okay. is just Phillips, and right, maybe and he's not from Philly. Philly. Yeah, if he lived in Philly, this would make a lot of sense because there's a ton of Cowboys fans in Philly. We've Ser- talked. Yeah. Have we talked about this? No, have we, we have not. This? No, uh, uh-uh, I did not know this. I know in Virginia's a ton of them. I did not know about Philadelphia though. Well, New Jersey, right? Okay, but there's such a close proximity. Yeah, absolutely. Moats, it's a really weird dynamic. Like if you grabbed four, if you went out to the Philadelphia area and uh-huh. threw a net over four football fans. One would be a Cowboys fan, and one would be a Giants fan. You'd have two oh. Eagles. You'd have two, or like maybe three Eagles fans, yeah. and then the fourth is either a Giants or a Cowboys fan. Wow! I was shocked when I got out there for for as big of a football yeah, city as it absolutely. is, and as much as they're diehards yeah. about the Eagles. Man, you see a lot of giant stuff. And, and hey, New York City. New York City's what, though? like 40, 50 miles but away. But wait a minute. How is that even safe in Philly? Right. Philly, you know <laughs> these Philly fans are different. A little bit different. They, they, that's, that doesn't even sound safe. All right? No. I, I, it's certain things you're not supposed to do. I that that you, sounds like one of the things you do not do. I told you about my story when I got uh, caught up in the NFC Championship game celebration after they beat the Vikings. Oh, man. And I had Penguin stuff on, and I was worried that like oh, someone man. was going to be like, hey, Look at this a-hole wearing wearing a penguin shirt over here. Let's go beat him up, Eagles, baby. But but luckily, no harm, no foul in that oh, regard. Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Adam, let us know uh, where your location is if you're listening here. Um, wow, we got the tweets rolling in here, Motsi. Uh, let's get to one more here before we go to break. Uh, Thrash says, I noticed West you I – Wes. I noticed Wes use a – Wow, say that. I noticed Wes use a. I noticed, I noticed Wes. I was say, Lord, what was I noticed Wes use a Chappelle show line yesterday during the show. So Chappelle I, show. So Chappelle. I ask, what are your guys' favorite Chappelle show skits or moments? Uh, mine is Charlie Murphy untold Hollywood stories about Rick James. That that was that was the full tweet there from Thrash. Oh, okay, okay. I was yeah. gonna say because I know what mine is. Well, mine. <laughs> some of mine we probably can't talk about on air, Thrash. Right. But in terms of the one that we can talk about on air, uh, I love the the fifth. I please. The fifth, the alternative See, justice system for, skit. For, for me, I love the black white supremacy. I knew that. I, yeah, I just didn't want to say that, but that's everybody's favorite. Okay, hey, right? it's my favorite. It's my favorite. Okay, hey. so right down the hall from us, we have Mikey and Big Bob, our our, yeah. our, our boys from the the Kiss Morning Freak Show. Mm-hmm. I'm totally chasing a, a shiny silver object here. I hope Brian isn't listening because he's going to be very disappointed in us. <laughs> but you know what? I'm doing it. Um. 
they have been doing a top five every day on their show for like a few weeks. Okay. All kinds of different categories, right? Holiday things, food things, music things, you know, movies, whatever. Today, their top five was top five Comedy Central shows. Now, I'm going to give you a second, right? Because I just sprung this on you. But for me, number one, South Park. Number two, Chappelle Show. Number three, The Colbert Report. Mm. Number four, Reno 911. And number five would be a tie between The Daily Show or Workaholics. I'm sure I'm probably forgetting something, but I've had a little bit of time to think about this. See, yeah, for me, man, gosh, outside of South Park, I'm not even like... And Chappelle Show. Yeah, those are like my main two. Oh, man. I would need to see like a lineup, man. I think that's the thing. Maybe we'll do this a little bit later. Let's do a little three-question Thursday. I'm going to pull up a lineup, man. Once I see my lineup, then I'll be good. There we go. Because it'll come back. Because I'm like, I don't even watch it enough like that, but I'm sure it's going to have some stuff up there for me. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, we'll think about this a little bit more. We'll get to some of these. We got a ton of tweets rolling in here. Uh, I love it. Adam says, uh, I'm a truck driver out of North Carolina. I'm in Tennessee right now. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cowboys fans in Tennessee. That makes sense. That's a little bit closer to Texas. I can see that. I can can see see that. (laughs) Thanks for for filling us in, Adam. And stay safe out there on the roads. And uh, it's been a crazy year during the pandemic for all the truck drivers. What? My my wife um, works in that, in the transportation industry. Uh, I know how crazy this year has been on all of our truck drivers. Thank you, Adam, uh, for all your work out there. We appreciate it. We appreciate you tuning in. And uh, all of our listeners who who might be out on the road often for work, um, driving stuff around, all the supplies that we need, whether it be things like toilet paper and, and paper towels, whether hey, it be man. PPE to- stuff. Toilet paper, is, that's, that's important, baby. <laughs> whether that's whether, really, whether, really whether it be important. food, uh, we appreciate you guys for sure out there um, doing all the work to, to get everything uh, during this crazy year um, to all the different communities across the country. Stay safe out there, and we appreciate you guys tuning in. Bunch more tweets to get here. Uh, we will not have Brian Backo next, all right? little audible. Backo texted me, asked if we could do the 1 o'clock hour mm-hmm. instead, all right? And we'll let this slide. I mean, he's got a and, newborn and at home. I was going to say, slide. too, in, in the midst of us letting him slide, I do have my lineup. For my uh, for my comedy sense. Let's do that. Let's do yeah, that on the other say, side too. I, I, can, you know, I, I got mine. mine. I got mine. Now I'm good. All right, good. we got some great questions here on the Twitter. Both Steelers and Goof. Oh, like Steel City Champs just tweets. How do you forget about Crank Anchors? See, see, I need to get. I need to get on Google. I didn't forget. I got my list. I'm ready. We'll talk about this on the other side as we continue to scout the Jacksonville Jaguars and continue to take your tweets. We're off the rails. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna talk some football. We're gonna talk some other things. We'll talk to Brian Backo in the next hour. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. It's the Steelers Blitz. On SNL. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, inside the electric factory, having some fun on a Thursday. I mean, I say that a lot, having some fun on an insert date here. I mean, because what days aren't we having yeah. fun here, Arthur Motes? That's absolutely right, man. And we got the tweets rolling in here, uh, for sure. Uh, so people are chiming in on this Comedy Central thing. We've got all kind. Con- We're getting tweets about fan bases and places where people live. Some Steelers and Jags question. Uh, let's hit it here, Arthur Motes. But before we do that, okay, our top five 
Comedy Central shows, and now I think people should know, right? These are original shows only. So, like, the syndicated shows don't count. You know what I mean? So, like, The Office, like, stuff like that that they picked up after it started somewhere else. Yeah. We're talking original shows only. Now, Arthur Motes, I do have some sound effects over here that I'm going to try and uh, here we go. spice this up with a little bit. So, Arthur Motes, your number five top favorite Comedy Central show. All right, so number five for me, man. It starts with Key and Pill, baby. You can't go wrong with Key and Pill. A.A. Ron, Fila Fakalusa, Tapaku Haba. You know, and all those other good guys, man, when they're doing the intros, it's always an awesome, awesome scenario, baby. So. Your number four favorite Comedy Central oh, show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got to go with the Crank Yankers. But, I mean, what are we talking about here, baby? Everyone loves Crank Yankers, baby. Everyone does. It's hilarious. Hilarious. Are the moats your third favorite Comedy Central show? Now, for me, man, this is a spinoff of one of my favorite shows anyways. But it's the Cleveland show. I love the Cleveland show, man. Cleveland show was dope, man. Cleveland was cool. Obviously, you know, Cleveland came from the other group. Uh, I believe it was American Dad. So with that being said, man, it was all love. So I'm rolling with them. Arthur Motes, your second favorite, your penultimate Comedy Central show. Spell show. Spell show. Spell, spell show. <laughs> and we already know what the number one is, the numero uno. The show that my parents absolutely hated and did not want to allow me to watch, so I had to wait till I got to college. Goes by the name of South Park. And yes, they killed Kenny. Yes, they did. My top five favorite Comedy Central shows, uh, number five, Drunk History. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes you feel good about yourself while you're consuming a beverage, and you learn something. My number four favorite all-time Comedy Central show, Crank Yankers. <laughs> My number three all-time favorite Comedy Central show, it's the Daily Show, John Stewart version. Mm-hmm. And then my top two's the exact same as Arthur Motes, baby. Come on, what are we talking about here? Number two, Chappelle Show. Number one. The same with me, the show that my parents didn't let me watch until I was like 17 years old, and then I got hooked by it my senior year of high school. Going on down to South Park, gonna have myself a time. Mm-hmm. And I did make a mistake, too. My Cleveland show, not American Dad. It's spelled off a family guy. Come on, baby. <laughs> Had to clarify that. Uh, all right, that's enough of us chasing the uh, shiny silver object. Uh, Randy says, yeah, so true uh, about what we said about New Jersey. So many different fans here. Um, a lot of Giants, Cowboys, and Steelers fans as well, too. Uh, Eagles fans always hate it when you say you're from the Philly area, but you're not an Eagles fan. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, let's see here. We gotta get some. We got a lot of goofy questions today. I do want to get into some Steeler ones here too. Mm-hmm. We gotta have the proper balance, right? Uh, Steel City Champs has a trivia question for you, Arthur Motes. Oh, for me. All right, here we go. Says this question is for Doctor Motes. True or false? Big Ben has had a game against the Jacksonville Jaguars where he's thrown for more than three hundred and fifty yards. That's true. It's false. Oh, His it's highest ever passing okay. total was three hundred and fourteen yards. Against the Jags, Jeez. hey guys, see, I would have said, I would have said that was true too. Look, I would have said, man, he's trying right. to trip us up. You got to detail your work, you know. I guarantee the game was a loss, though. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was uh, the playoff game. It was. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't gonna go there. It would have right. your memories. But, uh, Annie wants to know uh, any value at a loss at any point, right? To overcome adversity. Um, 
and will there be a, a jag off reference in tomorrow's Here We Go song? <laughs> oh, there'll be some good, there'll be some good uh, Yinzer innuendo jag off oh, without for a sure. Doubt. Uh, but Andy wants to know any value uh, at a loss, like when people talk about uh, you need to overcome adversity mm-hmm. at some point, you you buying that? Uh, I mean, I always feel like you're always going to learn, regardless of the outcome. If you allow a loss to just simply be a loss and not a lesson, then you really wasted that opportunity. That's how we always viewed it as uh, professionals. So, yeah, if you lose, I mean, you're still going to find ways to, to coach it up. And sometimes it does help out a little bit more because now you don't have the the rebuttal of, well, we still won. Typically, I mean, you could play bad and you win a game and you come in here, you're trying to correct me on something. My response is always going to be, well, it was good enough to get the job done. It was good enough that we won. It was enough to win. Whereas if you lose, you lose that whole escape. You lose that comfort of being able to have that response, and then you really have to just sit there and chew on it and really face the music right there. So without a doubt, you can have uh, some 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 positives come from a loss. Now, hopefully we don't have to deal with that this week. I, yeah. I like to correct from the victorious side, yeah. but you still have that flexibility. I know when Arthur Mutz wants the Steelers to pick up one loss. Oh, don't put that on me. It's on I, Sunday, December 13th. I didn't say that. Up in Buffalo. No, I'd never Wait, said sorry, that. Wait, sorry, hold now. on. What, what was what? I saying? No, hold on, sorry. I thought I, tra- I thought I had the microphone muted there for a second. Yeah, I was say that. That don't help me at all. <laughs> um, Randy tweets here, hey, guys, I'm curious on your thoughts about our next quarterback. Is he on the roster? Will we need to draft someone, sign somebody? What do you think? Randy, my man. I mean, let's not fa- – hold on now. Pump the brakes here. We got big. We got big Ben out here balling, Randy. I had to deal with no quarterback last year. We, we talked about the next quarterback already. Can I enjoy this year? If if you, if you if if you want me to indulge the uh, the degenerate hypothetical uh-huh. in me though, th- there's certainly no way of knowing. The next quarterback could come from anywhere. I mean, dude, we're talking. I mean, potentially the next two to three years, we won't even know who this next quarterback is. I mean, in a perfect scenario, right? Right, right. That's yeah. why I'm going to say, if if I had to put a chip down on the on the roulette table of the next Steelers quarterback, he's probably still in high school. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's probably like a senior in high school right well, now. And I, and I say this as well. We can sit here and speak on whether it's Mason or Dobbs sure. or Duck as it stands today, but We've seen who those knows? Guys I mean, that's the thing. It's like, man, a year— Ben could go down. I mean, now we don't want this, but Ben could go down. One of these guys come off the bench and play extremely well, kind of like a Garner Minshew type scenario. And before you know it, we're singing a whole different tune. So yeah, it's it's way too early. You know for who that it right is, now, man. You know who it is, Jameis Winston. Jameis, famous Jameis. <laughs> Sam Darnold, Dwayne Haskins. Oh, ah, there we go. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we was gonna get Baker. <laughs> no, I'm putting my foot down. We can't get Baker. God, he's dangerous Arthur though. Motes, there have been two players. I think, in the history of the National Football League, mm-hmm. that no matter what, I could not bring myself to root for, even if they played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What? Oh, it's because of the college thing, huh? And I think you can guess who the two of them are. It's got to be uh, Baker and, yep. Ma- and Money Manziel. Nope. No, not Money what, Manziel? What, what, Manziel never did anything to the Mountaineers. He oh, played for okay, Texas a okay. okay, you're right, you're right. You're you right. know who it is. Oh, You want man. another hint? You talking about Shady? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shady yeah. McCoy, absolutely. I already know how you vibe. <laughs> The Steelers could be coached by my mother, my favorite, you know, other than my wife, my can, favorite person can, in the world. Can, can watch that coach? My, my wife, my mo- my wife could be the head coach. My mom and dad could be the offensive and defensive coordinator. But if Baker Mayfield and LaShawn McCoy were in the backfield, I don't know, folks. I might have to. I might have to sit out. I might have to sit out for a year. <laughs> uh, Who 
else we got, man? What else we got up we here? We got some more tweets here. Uh, <laughs> ba, ba, ba. Dr. Motes, how uh, how does the Oakland Raiders' entire defense adjust and plan for Kansas City game this week? Literally, we were just talking about this. We were this. just talking about this we during said, the break. Uh, <laughs> how do you have a whole starting defense that's not going to practice, and then you're going to play the Kansas City Chiefs? Like, what? <laughs> this is nuts, man. Yeah. Right, I just, and a oh motivated Kansas City Chiefs team. Because, because remember last time you beat them and you get victory laps? Yeah, man. I'm just like, dude, this this is a bad, bad situation right here. It really is. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Last one here. But, but why does it always seem like it's the Raiders that are, are, are dealing with these scenarios, man? We feel like – I mean, we always. when we talk about COVID and how it's affected Other than teams, the Titans. Right, but with the Titans, it was still just – a one time, and it was just that extended from that one time. It was like a, a 10 right. day, 14 day. But this is like three separate incidents, man. <laughs> we had the, the the charity incident. We had Gruden on the sideline with no mask incident. Now we get this. We had Trent Brown incident two weeks ago. Like, bro, this is crazy. <laughs> it really is. It really, hey. Like, what say? are you doing you over there, man? There's no rules in Vegas, baby. Like, no rules. Wow, there's man. no rules. You remember that old famous Vegas commercial where it was like, there's no rules, and the guy goes, whoa. Or sorry, it was um it was a pizza commercial. Okay, the guy is like, "There's no rules, woo! There's no rules!" And he takes his shirt off, and then they're like, "You have to leave your shirt on." And he's like, "There's one rule." Do you there remember that commercial? One... No, <laughs> like, I don't. There's man. no rules. You have to leave your shirt on. Oh, there's one rule. <laughs> like that's John Gruden right now. There's yeah. no rules, coach. You got to wear a mask. All right, there's, there's one, one rule. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get to one more tweet here before we go to break. Buddha seventy one says, "Uh oh, three questions, Motsi. I mean, this, all right." This three-question thing. Ah, oh, Moats. I see you looking at the TV. I'm multitasking. You know me. Bra- breaking news. Baseball opening day, April 1st. There you go. With, with a quadruple header. <laughs> I love it. Let's baseball, it. April 1st, opening day. Uh, Buddha 71, the three-pack of questions. Okay, okay. With this three-pack of questions. That's, that's the new me, vibe right now, me man. Me deserves some royalties. <laughs> uh, he wanted to know our pregame foods, meals, uh, pregame, during game, after game. So I'm assuming he means from like a tailgating watching perspective. That's yeah, what it sounds that's what it sound like. like. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am a classic wings and pizza guy, baby. See, I thought he wanted to like, what you going to eat for breakfast? Then what you going to eat for lunch? <laughs> eat for dinner? I was over here like, uh, wait a minute now. Hold on now. Oh, hold on. Hold on, big fella. <laughs> uh, like Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts for breakfast. <laughs> so for me, if it's game day as a viewer, I'll, yeah, I'm not going to have any breakfast because I'm not waking up before 11 o'clock. <laughs> That that's just mandatory for me. For me now, with it being a one o'clock at earliest one o'clock kickoff, I will not get up out of my bed until eleven o'clock on mm-hmm. Sunday. Like mandatory. Mm-hmm. My, my wife and kids are up, and I'm like, I'm not moving. Y'all can do what y'all want. I'm awake, but I'm not getting up. Right. So the breakfast element is all the way gone. <sighs> then in terms of lunch, I really don't even eat honestly like that before the game. It's more so once the game ends. I like to have me something to eat because obviously I got like computer. I'm taking notes and stuff. But when in doubt, man, I can never go wrong with good wings. Oh. I, I'd rather have wings over pizza if I'm picking the two. I love them both together. But if I'm choosing, let me get my wings. Yeah, that's a great call. That's that's just me. Uh, do you have a post game comfort meal if your team loses? Oh man, I do. Well, see, that's the thing. Honestly, I, and this transparency, when I played. The wins and losses affected me a lot more. Oh, I'm sure. I would be sad I'm if we sure. lost. I would I'm be sure. super happy we won. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. It doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> for, for whatever reason, when one of my sports teams has me honked off, Motes, I love I love Moe's or Chipotle. 
Man, it just it, it, it doesn't move me. So for me, I'm gonna eat the same regardless. Um, so probably something tasty, whatever it is, gonna be tasty. I, I haven't decided, but it's gonna all it's gonna include candy. Put it like that. I'll have candy in there to, to not even lift up my damper spirits, just to yeah. keep my spirits high. <laughs> it's just different, man. I, I feel like when you go from playing and like the wins and losses, like they mean <laughs> so much to you from like just how you operate daily, yeah. a significant standpoint, it's a job security standpoint. When you take those ramifications away from me, the wins and losses, they, they don't have the same type of impact on me anymore. Beforehand, man, if we go, if we lose two games beforehand, I gotta worry about my job coming up. You know, I gotta hey man, I gotta come here on Monday and hope that they didn't tap me on my shoulder. So it's it's different. Yeah. If I lost, like, man, my family's affected because they know, man, well, hold on, how did dad do? How did husband play in the game? Now if we lose, all I'm gonna do is come up here and just talk about it. I'm gonna spin it a positive way, but that's all I gotta do now. So it doesn't affect me the same way, baby. Oh, yeah. That, 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 maybe that's one of the the negatives of being a former player. You I don't, think so. You, you don't get as emotional over it. I think so. Oh, Buddha, Buddha's asking some good questions here. Number two, if you could have any autograph, whose would it be? Oh man. I mean, I know, and and you and I are both. Does it have to be football? To, 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 well, no, I think he means in general. Uh, okay. To peel back the curtain. You and I are memorabilia guys. Yeah. So we both do have a lot of autographs say, I already. already. Have a lot of stuff, yeah. But so I think I would go with one that, again, that we don't already have. Yeah. So for me, um, and, and when I think of autographs, not uh, like the the ones that are already like digitally done. I'm talking about like uh, you sign it fresh for me, right make it out to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Be LeBron and Michael Jordan. For me, those are the two that I don't have. I have Deion Sanders, who I talked about being one of my favorites. Have a Ray Lewis. Have an Aikman. You know, it's a lot of. Cowboys and mm-hmm. Ravens. Mm-hmm. Got, I got I got Jerome back. I got I got TP. I got 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 my my Steeler guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I got those. But yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, I've got Troy. I've got Sid. I've got Lemieux. Yeah, but I got Sid. Absolutely. I got Malkin. I got Latang. Yeah. Um, so I would probably go. Like honestly, my first thought was non-sports because I have a lot of sports autograph yeah. memorabilia already. Mm-hmm. I got a Darius Kasparitis jersey hung in front. I got a Santonio San Holmes jersey. Tone signed. time. Tone time. I got Mike Lang and Billy Hillgrove Ooh. from growing up. Um, probably Hendrix, Stevie okay. Ray Vaughan. I, I'd probably go like one of my favorite guitarists, Eric Clapton, John Mayer. Can I? But bring, I, I'd, I'd probably I, I, go with I, I, one I, of the deceased guys. You know I, what I'm I mean? For either, the value of it now, I'll give me Hendrix. Give I'll me Hendrix. Jay Z or Bob Marley for going from the, the, the musical standpoint as well. Ooh. You know, one I'd like, a, you know, I'd like a, you know, I'd like a Jim Carrey autograph too. I'd like oh, to yeah. get, I'd like to get an Ace Ventura picture blown yeah. up, like a poster blown up. But and have Jim Carrey autograph it, is, it real big it and hang weird? it in my basement. So is it weird that I would rather have a picture with the person well, than the autograph, though? No, that's a good point. I'm, I'm 100% with okay, you on that, Okay, because, like, I've, I've definitely realized, like, I've had scenarios where I've been around people, and I'm like, I don't rather care. For, I, 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 rather, I want the picture because I can, like, I can go back and look at that moment, see both of our faces, like, and remember the thoughts. Whereas the autograph, it's like, it's cool. But it's, it, it, I don't know. It just, it doesn't have the same effect for me, man. I, I'm with you. You know who? You know what my answer is actually, Buddha. I think I've told this story on the air before, but maybe not. When I was like 11 or 12 years old, mm-hmm. I was in Utah with my father. Okay. My dad was playing a music festival. Sorry, Colorado. We were in Aspen. My dad mm. was playing a music festival. It might have been. It was either Salt Lake City, Utah, or Aspen, Colorado. Doesn't matter. My dad was playing a, you know, yeah. one of those hoity-toity, bougie music festivals. And we went into a like a ski shop because my dad had a day off and yeah. we were going to go skiing the whole day. That's why I went out with him. I was really into skiing at the time. Arnold Schwarzenegger was in this ski shop. Woo. 
and my, and my dad would not let me bother him. My dad was like, you're not going up to him. Story. Leave him yes. alone. He's just a regular dude. Leave him alone. Get to the chopper. So maybe my answer would be Arnold to do what my dad deprived from me when I was a kid. I still can't believe your dad said don't go over there, man. <laughs> As a kid, listen, if it's I mean, a I kid. Was, I was like, thir- I was like thir- 12, a kid. 13. To, listen, yeah. to, to, to adults, professionals. I was in middle school. That's a kid. Yeah. Any, anybody that's seven, actually 16 and under, because 17, 18, you'd be like, yo, you kind of adult. You probably got a beard by then. Yeah, but, but anybody 16 and under, that's always in the child category, man. So if they come up, man, you know you're, you're more than likely to get the, the yes that you're looking for. <laughs> Last one from Buddha here. Again, right up our alley. If you could go to any concert tonight, what would it be? And uh, again, I'm, th- I'm, I'm going with modern. Like, I'm not going to say uh, I'd like to go see Hendrix or I'd like to go see Led yeah. Zeppelin. Like a, 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 a show that I could actually see tonight. Uh, well, I mean, I got two. I've already seen one in person, but I would still love to go see him again. It's Jay-Z. I just absolutely love, like, that's that's my guy. But um, the other one, he's still alive. He still makes music. But can I get him from, like, four years ago? It would be Kanye West. Four Ooh. years ago, he would, like, wear, like, the mask and have, like, the crazy theatrics with the stage and stuff like that. I mean, because he was one of the first artists to go to the stage being in the center of the arena versus being at the front and right. everybody watching. Doing the full 360 Absolutely. Thing. So yeah. for me, I would want to go back to when he was doing those type of shows, wearing the mask and the different costume setups. Because obviously now, I mean, it's just a different style of concert that he puts on. But back then, like, that was just, I don't know, it was so innovative and so dope. And being able to be at a concert as well where it was a center stage or a, a, a stage within the crowd and seeing how just crazy that felt, I would love to see that with Kanye, though. It's a good call. Yeezy. Everybody knows my answer. All right. I would go tonight to see Dead and Company. All right. The Grateful Dead reboot with the surviving members and John Mayer. That's that. I mean, I'd be standing out in the lawn. I'd be having a cold beer in my hand. Call Broskies. Yeah, buddy. That's where I would be going if I could go to any concert tonight for sure. We got a bunch more tweets. People love the uh, the concert questions. We got some Steelers questions. Uh, we're going to talk to our buddy Brian Backo. We're going to get back into uh, some Steelers specifics here as well, too. Uh, real quick, Randy, to, to kind of finish off this conversation, best concert you've ever been to? Oh, this is an easy answer I mean, it's me. easy for me, Justin Bieber. Yeah. It's not even a debate. Yeah? Like, I, I've seen Jay-Z. Like I said, Jay-Z puts on an amazing know, show. You've seen some people. I've seen Stevie Wonder. His shows are nuts. Snoop Dogg is nuts. Bro, Justin Bieber, it wasn't even close. Like, from a performance, music, crowd control, playing different instruments, having a choreographed dance literally to every single song. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a, a, a one-step move. I've seen Future, Migos, all these guys. Like, I'm talking a legit, like... You thought you were watching a music video while watching him live, and it's like, dude, you're still singing. So first off, your cardio is out of this world. But the fact that you're so talented that you can play the guitar one time, you're playing the drums one time, you're playing the keyboard one time, and then you're getting up on the stage just moving up and down, left and right, and you got a full dance thing. Like, <laughs> it was just unreal. Like, I, I had never seen anything like that, man. Uh, mine would be a tie, and I'll never be able to deadlock it to break the tie. But, man, 2007 – I saw Tom Petty here in Pittsburgh when I was 16, 17 years old. It was fun. I played for like three hours and just mm-hmm. killed it. Um, and then in 2015, 
I saw Elton John in Youngstown, Ohio. Elton John's my bucket list, man. In, He's a, up there. in a tiny little 4,000, 5,000 yeah. seat venue in Youngstown, Ohio. I'll still never know why Elton John was there. It was mm-hmm. at our hockey rink for the team yeah. that I worked for. 5,000 people. But, uh, but I got you, to sit you, in a You suite. can't have a tie. You can't have a tie. It's got to be one or the other, man. Because I, I could have said a tie. I could have been like, oh, yeah, Billy Joe, when he played at PNC Park, I went there with my mom. It was yeah. amazing. He, he played piano, man. Charlie so Puth opened up. Like, I, I loved yeah. it. Like, nah, man. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I'll, I'll go petty 2007 then, okay. just because the wonder of like being 16, 17 yeah. years old, you know, was just absolutely. Because I could have been like, oh man, me and wifey's first concert together, seeing Snoop Dogg, like in this little hole in the wall stadium, hole in the wall uh, was building. Your, it was, was in Richmond. Your first concert together? Yeah, ours. Yeah, it was oh. me and hers. Yeah, it literally. We were because we I, I obviously I just finished my rookie year. We're in Harrisonburg, Virginia, and from Harrisonburg to Richmond is like an hour and a half. And it was like, oh, Snoop Dogg's performing in Richmond. I'm like, all right. I'm trying to think who Morgan and I's first concert. It had to be one of two. I mean, one, one of two were complete, total polar right. opposites. I think like Fifty Cent, because that was like my first. That was like my first concert I ever went to. Was it really? Mine was Hootie and, the, Hootie and the Blowfish. I, was the I, first concert was, I ever went check to. Check this out. It was Fifty Cent. <laughs> it was Fifty Cent. This with, is Music with Nation Radio. Right, right. Arthur Mountain Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Fifty Cent with Sierra opening up. Remember C.A.? So Sierra, this back when yeah, name yeah, absolutely. is Sierra for all yeah. you fly. It's Russell Wilson's wife. Absolutely. You I remember Sierra. Yeah, well, some people know Russell Wilson's wife, that's not the true, music. Yeah, true. I'm like, hey. yeah. But, like, Sierra oh, was there. M.O.P. was there. Russell like, Wilson is Sierra's husband, right? Did there we go. Right? Yeah, there we go. There, right, go. Right, there no, we go. But, yeah, man, so you always got to pick just one. <laughs> I would go petty then, just because being, like, 16, 17 years old, that was the first, you know, like, live music performance that really blew my mind. It was. Man, I can't wait to go back to another concert, bro. I know. I told you this, all right? The last thing, we're way up against it here. But I think our audience will laugh at this, and then I promise we'll get back into some football on the other side. Uh, I went and saw my primary care physician, my PCP. I had, yeah. a, I had a physical and a checkup for the first time in, mm-hmm. in a long time earlier this week, and, and uh, I was laughing about this with Moats. Um, <laughs> like, I totally forgot what I was just saying. <laughs> I swear. I totally forgot. What were we just talking about? We were talking about the concerts, and yeah. I would love to go to a concert. What made me think of this? <sighs> I'm going to remember it as soon as we go to break here. I had a great little funny uh, little anecdote that would have gotten us out of here perfectly, and I just totally lost it. I just totally lost it. All right, so on Twitter, at Wesley this hasn't, I mean, this hasn't happened to me in a long time. I mean, <laughs> I just I thought I had a brilliant point that would transition us perfectly to break. And I completely lost it. Way to go, Euler. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at the body 52. The body. Oh, I would love to go to a concert. Oh, oh, I know what it is now. I know what it is now. I got it. All right. So they ask you all those questions, right? Like, do you use tobacco? You know, do you drink? All, all that stuff. And my doctor was asking me about my alcohol consumption. Mm-hmm. And I said, Doc, I said, I barely drank at all this year. I said, because the, the times that I drink are like in social situations, like concerts, like tailgates, like events, right? Like out at Latrobe at Sharkies, you know, <laughs> Steelers training camp. I was like, Doc, I, I'm, a, I'm a social gathering kind of guy. So this year, I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't had much alcohol at all, Doc. Uh, uh, I've been chilling. All right, that was my brilliant transition to get us to break. All right. All right, get those tweets in. We'll get back into some Steelers conversation. We've got Brian Backo coming up here, uh, what, about 20, 30 minutes on the show. So plenty to get to. Uh, we'll come back. We'll close out the first hour. Keep those tweets coming in. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, Steelers Blitz. On SNR.
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. You know, Motsi, this is always a really funny balance to me. Like, this is why I love the duality of man, the duality of this show. In a lot of ways, the reaction that you and I get on this radio show... It reminds me of like working in a restaurant or working mm-hmm. in food service. Like you just never know the reaction you're going to get. Some days your customers are the greatest. Other days they're telling you that the food's cold and how much they hate you. Right? This is true. When you and I do these shiny silver object conversations that are not related to football, sometimes we have people that tweet us and they're like, all right, guys, get back to the Steelers, get back to football. Other times we have people that like you guys all want to join in on the conversation yeah. and you love it. This is one of those times. We got all kinds of questions about concerts and autographs and all different kinds of stuff here and music and TV shows. So you know what? This has to be a short segment. All right. We're going to get to our buddy Brian Backo in the next hour of the show. Um, and we will get to some real Steelers X's and O's. But why don't we finish this out? All right? You want to put a bow mm-hmm. on this? Let's do it. It's only right. It's only right. All right. Steel City Champs, if you could pick one song to be in the studio when it was created, what would it be? He's going with Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. That's a a really good one. To be in the studio while it was being made. Wow. What a question. (sighs) Actually, I would have wanted to be in the studio for uh, Sympathy for the Devil. (laughs) Yeah. How the heck did you come up with this song? <laughs> what was you thinking about? Like, like what, what, what was what, were you in a sober state of mind when these lyrics were coming to you? I need to know. <laughs> I need to know because that doesn't sound like something you just just wake up and oh yeah, it's the one today. Like, I, I want to know that process. And then, all right, who's gonna get? Who, who's gonna be the? Yeah, who's that guy? Who's the? Who's the? Yeah, who's the type of guy? Who decided? Like, like that's my. Hey, listen, man. You, you do the drumming, all right. You do the singing. I'm gonna be the yeah. That's not, I'm adding that in anything. Oh yeah, yeah. That's tight. Yeah, put oh, that yeah. on the track. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the one. <sighs> so yeah, that that's one. a really good answer. Bohemian Rhapsody is a really good answer. I don't know what mine would be. Like, it'd probably be some crazy Zeppelin or Stones song yeah. as well, too. You know, maybe something by the Beatles. Because I feel like back then, like the, the I feel like the lyrics had a lot more meaning too. Whereas sure. now, it's it's more so like. It's we, just we, like, know. It's it, like hype music. Yes, yes. It's, it's a little bit different. Back then, they were like writing about experience yeah. and struggle and right, life right, stories. Right. And, yeah. Or like, sure. like like Jukebox Hero. That'd be another one I want to be in. Ooh. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a good one. Uh, Jason says he's with you. He'd much rather have the photo op over the autograph. Uh, Buddha says, I met Arnold in Columbus, Ohio at his sports fest one time. Well, way to rub it in, you big jerk. Mm. Um, da, 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 da. Steel City Champs also chimes in here. Living in Seattle is great. Every time I have my Steelers gear on, 90% of the time, one of their fans has to tell me how we cheated them back in Super Bowl 40. <laughs> They're still feeling the pain from Jerome Bettis. <laughs> I love it. I love it. A lot of people chiming in with the uh, Rudy says the same thing about living in Denver. A lot of Steelers fans here in Denver. Um, and let's see here. Brian says, uh, shout out to my fellow truckers. Uh, my sad food after a loss is definitely lime hot Cheetos. Hmm. I like that. I like that. Uh, and then he says, Wes, I didn't know you played uh, competitive Halo. Do you still play? <laughs> I have a tradition, Brian. All right, I'll peel back the curtain for you here. All right, I'll be honest with you for a moment. 
I still play Halo once a year on my birthday. All right? That's mm, it. Okay, okay. It's a little tradition, all right? Me and the homies fire up Halo 2 on my birthday, and we get after it. Uh, but that's about it now. Um, <laughs> but, yes, to say that I... Yeah, you could say I played competitive Halo. I was going to say, to say that I played professionally is way of an exaggeration. I mean, like, I made, like, a thousand bucks in my lifetime playing Halo. If you got Halo. paid to play, though... But I did. Then you're a professional. Well, that's you, true. You, you would be... You know, you 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 I'm a you're professional, you're, but I was nowhere listen, close to listen, making a living. <laughs> you you would have lost your amateur status if you were in the NCAA. All right, that is true. So you, I my made, rule, are professional. I made seven hundred fifty dollars one time in a tournament. That's the most money I ever made. I made like two fifty another time, and then I made like a hundred or two hundred another. So I made a little over a thousand dollars. You know, back in my in my youth, uh, uh, playing playing Halo two. <laughs> um. Oklahoma Zone, this is a good one. Uh, chiming in on the what song would you like to be there when it was created. Uh, we Are the World or any Michael Jackson song, those sessions had to be epic. Mm. Well, actually, I mean, with the Michael Jackson stuff, I got a chance, well, not the creative prize, but the prep for when they're doing some of their shows. You saw the, um, remember when he had the documentary came out right after he passed away, Michael Jackson, right? Yes. And, and it showed, like, how they would like do the, the rehearsals. Yeah. in the rehearsals, yeah. Yeah. So, like, that part, I did kind of get a little bit of a glimpse of that and just how, like, they say he's very particular with the music. And, I mean, he said to the people sometimes, like, they're here for me, not for you. Like, I don't right. want to hear how talented you are. Like, nah. Right. I was like, gosh, all right, a little cut, though. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right, that's it for Motes and Euler on pop culture. And any of the Motown singers, though, you remember how Motown, they, they would, the song would be written. And then you all, like, all the artists on the label would, on the label would have to sing. And whoever he felt sung it the best he would choose that person to take the song. So, like, any of that. Imagine, like, you hearing a song that Stevie Wonder has dropped, but Michael Jackson had a chance to sing it. You know, all these other different people that were under Motown had a chance to sing it as well. I, I think it would be cool to hear the different versions and the different ways that they had done it. I'm with you. I am with you. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at the Body 52 The Body. But like I said, that's it for Euler and Motes on pop culture, all right? I'm we'll done get, with it. I'm done with it. Okay, we'll get back into it. We'll get back into the electric factory, into the Steelers Blitz on the other side here. We're going to talk to our buddy Brian Backo. We've got some fresh audio from Ben Roethlisberger and Cam Hayward. And uh, some more thoughts on the Jacksonville Jaguars. We will do all of that in our number two. Keep those tweets coming in. And we will keep the conversation going on the other side. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, it's Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? I'm hungry. You know what? I'm not. <laughs> I uh, I actually uh, had a nice little uh, like a breakfast wrap, um, you know, on my way in here today. So I'm not as hungry as I All normally right. am. There we go. Time. There we go. I like. <laughs> but speaking of food, Arthur Motes, I do have a honeydew list a mile long. Mm. Uh, I gotta stop and pick up the Thanksgiving turkey on the way home for wifey. Mm-hmm. Um, just a bunch of other you know little things like that. Uh, so I will be running some food-related errands on the way home, but I am not hungry. But if you're good, that's good. We're good. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, hour number two inside the Electric Factory. Uh, in just a few minutes here, we're going to talk to our good friend of the show, Mr. Brian Becko of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. 
Arthur Motes, I got a question for you, though. Okay. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're preparing this week for the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Yeah, yeah. Yesterday, I believe it was. Earlier in the week. I think it was yesterday. might have been Tuesday. But I'm pretty sure it was earlier in the week. Uh, the Steelers worked out a couple specialists. Hmm. Uh, namely, long snapper Christian... Wait, sorry, hold on. This is a really... Bl- I'm looking at Albert Breer's list here, but it's really... Okay, here's the full. Uh, long snapper Christian Kuntz, punter Brandon Wright, and kicker Matthew Wright. I don't think those two are related, Interesting. by the way. Um, with the success that we have seen from Boswell with what we've seen I think very good the one shank that comes to mind but other than that very good for Jordan Barry since he's been been back into the fold is this maybe just procedure as usual doing some due diligence Um, what what do you think you know as a former player when you see um, a week where right we were encouraged by the special teams rebounding from some of those Mm -hmm. mistakes against Dallas they're still bringing in some specialists to get some work is that Anything to to raise eyebrows, or is that just standard procedure? Standard procedure. Um, I feel like you do it for two reasons. Number one, if you really feel that you need to improve your situation, you bring the guys in. But number two, say you have guys that you feel are talented but maybe a little inconsistent. Hmm. You make sure that they see the players that are being worked out so they know – Hey, we, just because we had one good game does not mean that we have job security. They are always looking. We got to make sure that we make ourselves inexpensive. And I think that's the approach that they're taking right now because we we all can agree that they came off probably their best performance as a unit this past game. And, yeah, when you bring those guys in, it's just going to, like I said, light the fire. Let them know that, hey, we still got – we're still looking. Yeah. But but make it where we can't make that decision. Make it Make it harder on us and things like that. So – that's their approach they take with it, man. But, yeah, this is standard protocol right here, man. You know how many linebackers I've seen worked out right. and how many times I've looked over and said, oh, y'all wasting time today, huh? Okay. <laughs> oh, you trying to go shopping, huh? Yeah, so, so, so y'all wanted to just bring them free. Y'all was giving off flights. If y'all wanted to – I got people you could fly in if you wanted to just give off you plane tickets. You want to get tickets. some air miles? You want plane tickets and Steelers uniform. Like, all right, here, take a shirt. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's what you want. <laughs> I mean, you know, I could use a, a free pair of shorts yeah, or sweatpants exactly, man. too here. So I that's kind of how we always looked at it, man, because – yeah, my rookie, I would get enamored with it. Like, man, they're bringing in a guy again today. And I realized, oh, they're bringing these people in every week. But it's for two. It's one of those reasons right there. So, yeah, when you make the tape hot, they'll go to another position. You make the tape hot? Let's make the tape hot, baby. Yeah, no, I, you got to due diligence, right? You got to make sure that you can always kind of hear those footsteps. You want comp. This is my favorite Arthur Motes-ism, is that you want competition in every position except the quarterback position. Nah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Nobody's safe. <laughs> Rob, uh, Rob tweets here. He's chiming in early. Uh, Steelers win big. Steelers win comfortably. 48-13, to 13, Rob says. Uh, big Ben, five touchdowns, 500 yards. Love the show, guys. Go mm-hmm. Steelers. Let me ask you this, Motsi. Uh, if the Steelers do win very comfortably, if the result is not in doubt, you know, into the third and fourth quarter like it was last week against Cincinnati, do we see maybe even more of – uh, the Avery Williamsons, the Chris Wormleys, the Absolutely. Carlos Davises. Absolutely, I think you find them because you're looking for anytime you get a, a substantial lead, and especially like later in the games, you want to find opportunities to get the guys that don't have a lot of playing experience or guys that are new to the team. You want to get them in stadium experience as a whole. And it's hard to do that because obviously you didn't have the preseason. Obviously, because it's during the season, you don't have the same opportunities, even from a practice standpoint. So the more opportunities you can get of getting these guys live reps, yeah. 
I mean, you're going to take full advantage of it because you, I mean, if this was a normal year, even training camp, you would have had some more of the scrimmage styles. You know, you would obviously have preseason games and stuff like that, whereas you didn't have that luxury. So those guys never really got a lot of in-stadium experience. I mean, think about Henry Mondo. Yeah. He would be a guy that would, would play a ton in the preseason. So his first NFL action wouldn't be versus the Tennessee Titans. And we're complaining about, well, you look good right here, but you got a flag right here. Like, no, that gets out the way in those four preseason games. So all of those guys are having to to learn on the fly and get experience on the fly. So if you can get an opportunity where it's very similar to the Bengals game or even the Browns game earlier in the year, yeah, you you get those guys out there, man, because those reps, man, you 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 can't account for that in practice. Like right. You just can't find those type of action. Yeah, no, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, on Twitter, at Wes Leeler, at the Body 52 The Body. We're going to uh, talk to our buddy Brian Backo here next. Uh, before we do that, though, Motsi, and, and finish out uh, with, with the Batman and with, and with uh, some Steelers-centric stuff, who wins tonight? Cardinals, Seahawks, six and the battle of six and three teams on Thursday night football. A little different six and three teams. Yeah, absolutely. Cardinals feeling good about themselves. Seahawks, they're they're trying to get that ship uh, rowing back in the right direction. Yeah, I think Seahawks win though, man. Um, the Cardinals. I mean, we all agree they they should have lost that game last week, man. They, I mean, thirty seconds left. They were down. They had just given up the game winning or the go ahead should have been game winning touchdown with thirty seconds. A hell Murray got them out the stadium, but they still have some stuff they're gonna have to work on. Understandably, now the Seahawks they dropped two in a row, but that's why I feel like they're gonna come out with their back against the wall because dropping two in a row, especially with the things that they had their eyes set on, along with Russell Wilson. They want to get back to that. Whereas with the Cardinals, I think because of the emotion that went into how they won that game, I just feel like you got that letdown. It's, yeah. it's almost inevitable. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I uh, I feel like Seattle wins a cl- like a, like a last second field uh-huh. goal. Like one of those type of scenarios. Every time Seattle yeah. Arizona play, isn't it? Seattle it's always wins like on a last second field it's goal. It's always like that. No question. <laughs> that is the way that it is for sure. Yeah. And I feel so. like they always play on Thursdays too. They they really do. And you know, oh, you know what that means? Probably right. I just thought of this. Does that mean we're gonna have to look at those gaudy lime green Seattle uniforms tonight? Where's the game at? In Seattle. <sighs> Strong possibility. Oh, moats. Strong possibility. Are those the worst uniforms in the NFL right now? Oh, they're just so bad. I mean, like they're gotta just, be up there. They're just so bad. It's gotta be up there. Yeah, because I'm trying to think who else has like a crazy. I mean, the Jets when they did the. Uh, I don't like the Jacksonville Jaguars uniforms at all. Speaking of a team like, we're like, about to play, like don't like me, them at all. The Jets when they Jets, I don't like the like I don't. I don't like that. Don't like the Jets either. Uh, yeah, like I said, don't. Not a huge fan of the Jags. Um, but other than that, yeah, I don't think there's many like hideous yeah. uniforms. But man, those Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, the lime green is oh. yeah, like a little highlighter just running around. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, you know who is? I really like their baby blue alternates, but I'm not. A, I don't love the Titans uniforms either. Mm. I mean, eh. <laughs> Oklahoma's own tweets us this list. Wants to know uh, what we think um, about. Uh, Chris Sims' midseason top 10 quarterbacks list, which, as I'm glancing at it now, doesn't even include Ben Roethlisberger. Well, then the list is a joke. Why are we even responded to it? He, he's got Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow on this list. I mean, don't get me wrong. They've been good for rookies, but, like, if we're if we if we're naming our top ten quarterbacks in the NFL as it stands in week 11, if you don't and Ben, ben Roethlisberger's not up 10, there, it's like, a joke. 
period. He's got Ryan Tannehill, 10, Joe Burrow, 9, exactly. Justin it's Herbert, 8, Lamar Jackson, 7, Deshaun Watson, 6, Josh Allen, 5, Kyler Murray, 4. I mean, okay, the top three, Mahomes, Rodgers, Wilson. Wait, he doesn't have Brady on this it, list exactly. either. Exactly. It's a joke, bro. Chris Sims is, is turning to Skip Bayless over there. He's just an old, old hot take artist. Yeah, he said, oh, if I put this up there, I get still the fans riled up, and they'll give me some more clicks. I'll get Brady Nation yeah, riled hey, up, and it'll on, get bro. me some more clicks. And Yeah. Yeah, I'm not feeling that. I'm not about that life. All right, we're going to take a break here. We'll talk to our buddy Brian Backo on the other side. Keep those tweets rolling in. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for uh, for this conversation with the Batman. We'll ask him some Jags question, look back, uh, a couple final thoughts about the Bengals as well. We'll talk to our buddy Brian Backo in just a few minutes right here on Steelers Nation Radio. <laughs> This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Little audible today, you know, we're, we're like Ben Roethlisberger at the line of scrimmage, just, ready, just ready. calling out the plays on the fly. Uh, it wouldn't be a Thursday without our partner in crime, Mr. Brian Backo, our good friend of the show, kind enough to join us uh, every Thursday. Not normally at this time, right? But uh, we did a little audible. We're still making it work. Mr. Backo, how are we feeling on this Thursday afternoon? Feeling great. It's nice outside. I'm going to try to squeeze in and run in a little bit before the sun goes down. So, uh, yeah, a little, uh, little bit of late fall uh, before we get to winter. What about you guys? Fantastic. I can't mean, now complain. that we got you, I've been, I mean, I mean, I mean, now. been waiting to talk to my buddy all day. Can't complain. Uh, just living, baby. Just living. You're right. It is for like three weeks, right? When was the last time I was on here? Yeah. I know, man. Like, where have you been? You're big time in us, man. It, it hurts my feelings. <laughs> no, last week was on. I don't know what you're talking not about. On that was on, I, I was ready. I had my phone. I was ready to go. Here's what I want to know from our good friend of the show, Mr. Brian Backo. The thing that has been the topic du jour in Steeler Nation this week Three straight games, Batman, without, uh, or I should say three straight games with less than 50 yards on the ground rushing for the Steelers' offense. Let's break it out. The CCWP meter, calm, Uh-oh, here we go. calm, concerned, worried, or panicked. Where's Brian Backo uh, when it comes to the Steelers' run game? <clears throat> well, on one hand, I'm a little bit panicked, but I am calm in the sense that I don't know that you really need to run the ball that well in, in 2020 NFL, especially with the way Ben is slinging it, especially with the way this receiving core is coming together along with Eric Ebron, an honorary member. So I don't have the highest of hopes that all of a sudden they're going to start ripping off 100-yard performances again. But uh, like I said, I think you can get along just fine without it. Uh, I would actually like to see a little bit more Anthony McFarland in the mix. I know he was unavailable last week, but uh, I I think it starts with the O-line up front, and beyond that, uh, I would like to to see McFarland get get a few chances, because he he showed some bursts early in the year, and then he kind of disappeared. You drafted him in the fourth round, you might as well see what you've got in him. Now, with that being said, as it pertains to the running backs and the lack of running game success, do you think it's more on the personnel then? Because I know you were saying that you wanted to see more McFarland. Do you think that that will be a better solution to the run game? Yeah, but I do think it 
more on the O-line than the backs. I mean, with James Conner, uh, a lot of the time he's just running into a brick wall here and there's nowhere to go. But other times uh, I think he's gotten to either the second level or, or maybe had a hole and either missed it or just didn't show enough first to kind of get through there and, and make the big play that, frankly, you need to hit on when you get any kind of crease in this league, especially when your line is struggling to block it up and, and maybe from a scheme perspective – uh, you're struggling to find some play calls that work. Uh, that, that to me, just goes to show that it, it's all the more important to maybe get a guy who can get some yards after contact for himself. And I'm not saying that's definitely something Anthony McFarland. I mean, he's still an unproven rookie. He was a fourth. It's not like he was, um, you know, one of these first-round guys. But uh, I think that at some point you've got to give him a chance. And maybe even Benny Snell, too, to an extent, because – while his fumbles are concerning, from ever really being right. in a lot of the same uh, scenarios that James Conner is, usually when Benny Snell is in, the other team knows, okay, they're handing him the ball and they just want three yards in a cloud of dust. That makes it tough to do a whole lot. So I, I think I've been saying for a while, really since going back to the, uh, the preseason, that I'd like to see more running back by committee out of this group We'll see if Mike Tomlin was uh, was telling the truth when he said James Conner is still the bell cow on Tuesday. Brian Bacco, our guest from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette here on the Steelers Blitz. With the offensive line, you touched on it there a little bit. Uh, it's really been a kind of a, a tale of, of two different uh, – sides of the ball for the offensive line, if you will, I think, Brian, right? They they have been very good, to their credit, in keeping Ben Roethlisberger clean, keeping him upright, keeping him protected in the pocket. The pass protection has been great. Uh, but in the run game, man, it's kind of the opposite. They're, they're not really getting much of a push up front, even against some teams like Dallas and Cincinnati, who we know aren't exactly stout against the run. Uh, what, what kind of, how are you evaluating the offensive line in that regard to this point? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have protection. Certainly, I'm captive them for that. But the other thing that goes along with evaluating it is, you know, in, in past things, kind of take the onus off your offensive line when it comes to that. And I think the Steelers are doing that to help keep Ben upright. I mean, they're getting rid of the ball so quickly. I mean, they're, they're getting him in shotgun, you know, basically 75 at the time. And uh, it's making it so that the O line really doesn't have to win all that many matchups or at least not for that long of a time, uh, these edge rushers and, and responsibility, I guess, is, is the way to put it. In the run game right now, uh, I feel like it's all kind of falling on them. Uh, when, when you've got uh, four or five guys from the Bengals just breaking through the line before James Conner barely even touches the ball, I've been saying this for – a couple years, really, and, and last year they could kind of trot out there the line that not having been made it all worse, not only because you're not going to respect Mason or Duck's arm as much, but also those young guys weren't able to really change protections or, or make checks at the line of scrimmage the same way. And that excuse isn't there anymore, so they simply need to get better, and that's really all that Mike Tomlin, Sean Surrett, the O-line coach, and Randy Feetner have been saying they're going to do the last couple weeks. And now – when we're looking at the Steelers' offense just as a whole, they've done some really impressive things. We say, I mean, if you take away from the running game element of it, what they've been able to do from a passing standpoint has been really impressive. But what is it about Ben Roethlisberger's play this year that has stood out to you the most? 
Hold on. I think I lost. Hold on. Oh, wait, is he back? Brian, can you hear us? Mr. Backo? Is he there? Hello? <laughs> I can see some levels on the board here. Ah, Mr. Backo. Going once. <laughs> well, oh, wait, it, is he back? Huh? I don't know. I felt like I heard him there for a second. I know. This is crazy. This Good is weird. Technology. I heard you for a second there, what? Hey, there he is. I have no... Hey. We're breaking up here. This is weird. All right, you got us, buddy. You're right there. Yeah, you sound a lot clearer now. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, did, did you hear my question? <laughs> uh, I wasn't even sure. Uh, yeah, the answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is 17. I so, heard it all. So, so what I was asking was this. I said... I said since, um, you know, obviously with the Steelers' offense as a whole, they've been very productive and done some really impressive things, you know, obviously with the, the running game being excluded from this conversation. But yeah. as a whole, from Ben Roethlisberger in particular, what has been most impressive about him this season to you? Man, it, it's all been impressive because I, I did not see this coming from Ben in, in 2020. I, I can admit that. I, I didn't think he would be moving the offense this crisply especially you go back to week one against the Giants and, you know, there was a little bit of rust, but, you know, he finished that game out fairly strong. And, and to me, I mean, he's, he's just making all the right reads with the exception of that Titans game. He's making pretty much all the right decisions. And it's, you know, it's funny. I was just listening to Eric Ebron, uh, his podcast a little bit earlier. He was asked if, if Ben is the smartest quarterback he's played with. And he said not quite. He gave the nod to Andrew Luck, which is a little bit interesting, but maybe uh, you, and nobody would argue that. But he said Ben is right up there. He's brilliant with his football IQ. Abram was saying he doesn't even understand how Ben sees some of this stuff, and yet he just listens to him, goes out and does it, and it happens to work. So uh, it's, it's been a really good year for Ben in, in terms of uh, basically just kind of being his own offensive coordinator. I mean, let's just be honest. Uh, he, he is pretty much – uh, told us that that's been the case in a lot of these second halves. And uh, what Randy Feetner is, um, you know, I don't know if he's telling the truth, but he says he doesn't mind who gets the credit. So uh, Ben is running the show, it seems like. And uh, that, that's been the most impressive thing to me because we know that the, the arm has it's kind of a little zip on it, but the deep ball hasn't always been accurate. So uh, I think it's the mental side of the game that, that is impressive the most. All right, Mr. Backo, last thing here before we get to your Jacksonville Jaguars score prediction. We had a, uh, a funny little side plot that kind of took over the show today uh, from a tweet that we got. Simple question. What's your favorite Comedy Central show of all time? Cool. I got to go to Chappelle's show. I, I think that's I like a, it. it. You know, it was revolutionary. I still think Chappelle is hilarious. To me, him and Chris Rock. I don't need a comedy Mount Rushmore. I just need those two <laughs> up there twice. So, uh, yeah, it's got to be Chappelle's show for me. Me and my friends used to watch that all the time back in. I don't even know if we were in high school or middle school. If we were in middle school, we shouldn't have been watching it. I definitely <laughs> didn't understand a lot of it. But, uh, but that's a classic. My wife would say Tosh.0. Okay. okay, okay, we, okay. We, Moats and I both went with South Park, but yeah. Chappelle's show was our, was our runner-up. Okay, I'll, I'll accept that. Uh, I was never a huge South Park guy. It's a, it's an acquired taste. It definitely for sure. is. Yeah. <laughs> Very know, aggressive. You know, Mozi, those you know those, those pit guys like Backo, they're just they're they're too high society yeah, for, that's for what a it South is, Park man. fan. Yeah. <laughs> they, they they don't like to you know hang with us as common that's folk right. down here they, watching they, the they South Park. They don't like Parks. the cartoons. You that, know? That, that's, that's way too much for them. <laughs> All right, Mr. Backo, before we let you go, your prediction for Sunday, one o'clock, Steelers Jags in Jacksonville. 
Steelers are, are going to roll in this one, guys. I do. I'm not a believer in, in Jake Luton. I just kind of found out who he was like three or four weeks ago, so it's tough for me to really buy in there. Um, I think the offense is going to be able to move the ball against the Jaguars' defense. And uh, in the end, you know, I don't know if this is a, the week that the run game gets on track, but I think they will be able to shut down the Jaguars' run game and James Robinson. So I'm going to go Steelers uh, 34, Jaguars 15. 30, this dude loves the uh, the goofy that is scores. A weird score. I love it. I love it. He's he's never vanilla that Brian Backo. That's one thing you can never accuse him of. And just real quick, fellas, a moment of appreciation. Yesterday or yesterday, last week, pardon me, against the Bengals was the first week that the three of us all correctly picked the uh, the winner and the cover since. Tennessee week four. So we're back, boys. We are back. It was a rough Here we go. It was a rough we couple go. weeks, but we are back. Our guest, as always, on Thursdays has been Brian Backo. Check him out there on Twitter. Read his work in the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. He does not do cap. He hasn't changed his number since the seventh grade. Buddy, we appreciate your time as always. Great to hook back up with you guys. We'll see you. There he goes. Chappelle Show fan, Brian Backo. There we Backo. go. Chappelle Show. Chappelle Show. <laughs> Uh, Moats, real quick before we get to break, because we're going to play some audio on the other side as well, too, here. A uh, couple quick questions. Uh, Midwest Mouse wants to know if we think Brooks gets a helmet this weekend. Uh, honestly, I don't think he will, yeah. solely because of Mike Hilton coming back. When you think of Mike Hilton, Cam Sutton, we know Steven Nelson and Joe are getting helmets, and then Justin Lane has proven that he is the next guy up. He's been getting the second most of those. I mean, when you talk about going down that list of players, he's the next in line. And that's why he's had a helmet, you know, the majority of the time. Whereas with Brooks, he just becomes the odd man out in that scenario as yeah. well. All right. You know, we got a three-pack of questions from me. Some quick hitters uh, here. Here we go. Uh, he also, <laughs> me says, man, make a request that you play the T.O. soundbite. I love me some me when you read my tweets. <laughs> yes, I'll get that. I, I can't do that on the fly now, but that's a great idea, and I will get that ready for you, me. Uh, is Minka starting to play like he did last year? I definitely think so. I also think that it's more so he's getting more opportunities. Yeah. Whereas we talked about early on in the year where he wasn't targeted as much. I think teams are starting to target him a little bit more, and that's where you're seeing him be more productive. I agree. Number two, how much parm do you put on your pasta? I mean, if it's, you know, pasta like, showing, I need to have parm on it. I feel yeah, like I mean, I, like, I don't drown it. Right, right, but it but needs to be a substantial. It needs yeah. to be covered. It's, yeah. it's more than a dusting. Yes, correct. <laughs> and third and final one, I mean, everyone's going to know the answer to this one, but South Park or Family Guy? Eh, South Park for me. Family Guy for me. Really? I oh, love wow. There but, we but, go. But, but for me, like, when we rank these cartoons, my hierarchy, I'm American Dad first. Okay. Family Guy, then South Park. So Ooh. you see, like, with American Dad and Family Guy, like, similar families sure, you know, in terms sure. of, like, under that whole, uh, what was it, Seth, uh, Seth MacFarlane, yep. you know what I mean, under that, yep. that uh, lineage and stuff like that. So that's why for me, those are always, like, my babies. And I always love American Dad because, to me, I'm like, I, that's more relatable. I mean, minus the alien. I'm like... You know, I'm the guy, you know, I go to work, got the dad, the dad got the wife, got the kids, like, oh, it's dope. <laughs> I love, South Park's my favorite TV yeah. show of all time. So it could be South Park or they you, kill can, Kitty! you can insert whatever you want, and my answer is going to be South Park. That'll do it for today. We appreciate the participation. You guys know, or wait, what am I doing? Are we do it for we have one more segment left doing, to do. Bro. What am I doing I don't know here? what you're doing. You know, it's I blame it on Bacco. You know, he's throwing everything off. That, that, that's on me. I can't blame that on Backo. He's a, he's a nice guy, all right? Uh, when we come back here on the other side, final tweets 
And uh, we've got some interesting comments from Ben Roethlisberger, from Cam Hayward, some good stuff from those two that we will play you as well before we get out of here on this beautiful Thursday. So don't go anywhere. Inside the Electric Factory, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, it's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Final segment inside the electric factory, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It is Steelers Blitz on SNR. You know, I, I know we have that fancy voice that reminds us of that on the on the return there every time we come in, but yeah, still feels still feels good to say, all right? So I'm going to do it from time to time, even though I don't sound as cool as that guy. I mean, geez, Louise. Uh, on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. I uh, want to play some comments, though, here uh, from Cam Hayward and Ben Roethlisberger from yesterday. Some great stuff from Cam. We'll do a little mashup here of Cam and Ben back-to-back. Uh, some great stuff from Cam about uh, the run game defense, right? Uh, some Some... Things that Steelers fans have wanted to see cleaned up in the run game that Cam addresses and how certain personnel returning will help in that regard. Uh, and then Ben Roethlisberger, uh, some run game for the offense, what he uh, has thought about the operating at the line of scrimmage. And also from Ben, you know, a funny little uh, a little jab at Mike Tomlin and his Mac comments as well. So uh, here's Cam Hayward and then Ben Roethlisberger. A little back-to-back from, uh, from the captain of the offense and the captain of the defense. Cam, uh, two things. Uh, do you think this game means a little something to Tyson just because of his history with them? And then the second question is, I asked Ben earlier, you know, if he took exception to Mike T, you know, taking a shot at the Mac, and Ben gave a very funny answer. And I'm just sort of curious, does winning lead to the vibe or does the vibe lead to winning? Um, what was your first question? <laughs> <laughs> about time. Sorry, it was about Tyson. About, yeah, about yeah, Tyson. yeah. You know, uh, you know, I think it's always a big game for Tyson. It's a team you got drafted to. Um, you always want to, you know, uh, win in a good way and, you know, wind up on top when you play a team that you left. Um, and then in regards to Mike T, I just think, uh, you know, when, when we talk about winning leads to a vibe or a vibe leads to winning, um, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I think um, winning creates the culture, but I think the culture has to uh, – has to keep building on that. You know, you can't just rest on winning one game and say you've done the job. Um, it takes a, a good group of guys to stay humble and consistent and understand that the job's not done. Uh, Jim Collin, 93.7, the fan. Yeah, Cam, I asked Mike Tomlin yesterday about how come these rookies have all been contributing, and he credited you guys, the team leaders, the veterans. What do you remember from what you learned from guys like Kiesel when they were what you are now to the younger guys? Just being vocal, you know, I think um, understanding that, you know, uh, you got to be more hands-on. You got to ask some questions. You got to know uh, what they need, and then you can provide that, you know, uh, understanding that uh, every guy's different and every guy, you know, uh, might need a little bit extra love or a little bit of extra t- attention going forward. But um, if, if you provide that, um, it, it sets a good base and a good uh, foundation. All right, guys, we've got time for three more. I'm going to go to Brian Backo, Post-Gazette. 
Hey, Cam, you guys have this crazy sack streak that's got 66 straight regular season. You're a few away from the record. But the last time you guys didn't get one was against these guys in that playoff game in, in 2018. I mean, I know schemes change, personnel changes on both sides. But what do you remember about that one, why you just couldn't get home at the end of the day? We let them uh, stay comfortable in their offense. Um, they were able to run the ball. Um, you know, they were able to control the tempo. And they did, they put their quarterback in harm's way, you know, whether it was rolling out the quarterback, um, staying on schedule with your runs, um, and then, you know, being quick and, de and decisive in your approach. So, you know, we got to stop the run early to get to that, um, the point where we want to stop, you know, get the sacks and everything. And, Hopefully we do that on Sunday. Uh, Chris Adamski, Trib. Cameron, I don't think this is an abstract question, but you, you're, a, you're a leader on this team and everything. I wanted to ask about Juju's place in the hierarchy of maybe the leadership. When he showed up, he was literally a kid that was 20 years old, didn't have a driver's license, but now he's a veteran. Does he have any kind of cachet amongst you guys in terms of being one of those kind of you know veteran voices now? I don't. I don't think he always, uh, you know, says a lot, but I think he lets his play do the talking. Um, you know, he's the veteran guy in that group and that that wide receiving group. You know, he's got the rapport with men, um, and you know, I think his play speaks a lot. He's consistent. Um, he's not, he's a guy we can count on. You know, I think when you do that, uh, other guys can ride the, ride the wave. All right, last one. Noah Strackbean, Sports Illustrated. Hey, Cam. Going into another situation with a strong running back and an experienced quarterback, can you guys take anything away from what you learned in Dallas? Just you got to start early. Um, you got to you know get off the field as a defense. You know I think um, you know stopping the run is paramount. Uh, you look at uh, how they're constructed and you know what they want to do. You know it's not like you know they want to continue to go downfield and have these big plays throwing the ball. They want to just possess the ball. They want to, you know, make your, your offense feel like they have to be impatient because they're not going to have a lot of chances. But as a defense, you know, we got to get off the field. You know, we have a, we got to create the splash, um, you know, and you know, I think if we do that, we'll be successful. That was Cam Hayward there uh, speaking about a bunch of stuff with the defense, Tyson Alu-Alu. I, I really love that question uh, about is it the vibe or the wins? That's like a, a, a real uh, chicken or the egg thing there. Is it the vibe that, uh, that creates the wins or the wins that create the vibe? Uh, I like that there. That was Cam Hayward, captain of the defense. Here's uh, a couple minutes with Ben Roethlisberger, captain of the offense. And, you know, he... He's got jokes for his head coach who's ripping on the Mac, too. 9-0, and it's looking good, but a lot of work left to be done. What's the critical element to not getting ahead of yourselves to keeping that week-by-week -week approach? Well, personally, it's we're not trying to – you know, the, the goal isn't to go undefeated, right? The goal is to win a Super Bowl. Um, and, and so we're just going one week at a time. We're not worried about anything other than, than this week. Um, you know, you, you look at past history of this game, and it, it hasn't been pretty for us. You know, it, it, we have yet to play a really good game against these guys. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm hungry to come out and get this game. Jerry Dulac. Okay, Ray Fittipoldo. 
no guys, Jared. Yeah, you got me. Yeah, hey, Ben. Uh, yeah, to that point, um, um, you know, you haven't uh, played well against them. Does that give you any extra? I don't want to say motivation, but uh, any extra focus for them because you, as you referenced, you haven't played. You haven't had pretty games against them. Yeah, I mean, I've you know the last ten games against them have not been good at all, um, and so you know, extra motivation, whatever you want to call it, it, you know, we're not taking these guys lightly because they've had our number. Uh, you know, I know we won the last one barely, um, but but they've come here. I know there's different teams, so it's, it's nothing like that. But but you have to understand that this, this game um, in this group, these two guys against each other, these two teams, uh, it's it's complete focus. Great to follow And why have you guys been so good in the red zone this year? It seems like you've got a lot of weapons and you're using them all down there. Well, that, that's just what it is. You know, we, we throw a lot of concepts, a lot of guys. Um, sometimes you have concepts at work, and sometimes you just have guys that, that beat one-on-one -on -one coverage or uh, make plays for you. Uh, I, I don't know what our numbers are, stats are. I'll, I'll take your word for it that we're, we're good down there. But, um, you know, sometimes it's just a, a man beating a man. Dale Lawley. Ben, uh, is this the most complete group of wide receivers that you've had? Well, it's a special group. Um, I think it's it's complete in the sense that everybody's contributing um, and everybody's getting moved around. Um, you know, if you look at an offense, you have your traditional X and your traditional Z and F, and a lot of times those guys stay in that spot. Um, what we've done this year is is kind of throw the, the number or the, excuse me, the letter out the window and just say, all right, you're going to go to this spot, you're going to go to this spot. And that's a credit to those guys that, that they, they don't need to be in their – kind of memorized spot they're, they're able to learn the whole package and and understand when things are changed that that what they're supposed to do so uh in terms of just moving guys around and, and them understanding it, i think it's pretty it's pretty cool jeff hathorn ben what does it mean to you to be named offensive player of the week and is it any different because of having to fight back from injury to get that type of honor uh, i mean any award you can win is an honor but it's it's not it's not that honor shouldn't be presented to just me it should go to our whole offense because I'm I'm just the facilitator. The line are the ones that block for me, that give me the time, and then I just get the ball out of my hands as fast as I can and let the playmakers make plays. So, really, that's an award for, for this whole offense, in my opinion. Jenna Harner. Ben, as an offense this week, where do you guys want to see the biggest area of growth or even over the next couple of weeks here? Well, I think we, we need to continue, uh, which is one of our biggest goals, is not to turn the ball over. Um, and, and that's me not throwing interceptions is, is kind of the one that I control the most. Um, you know, we, we, we always pride ourselves on trying to be great on third down and red zone. So I'm not sure what our numbers are or stats, but we'll, we always try and go, um, go great in those areas. Will Graves. And Ben, first of all, your, your coach took a shot at the Mac yesterday. I'm wondering if, I you, know. if you clap back at him today. I, would, I, wanted, I haven't had a chance to get him yet. He, he, he mentioned it in the, in the team meeting at the beginning too. And I wasn't too happy about that, but, um, I'll get him back. Don't worry. I, I got to figure out what conference he put, what the conference of William Mary's in. We'll say something <laughs> about that. Um, but, but more, more seriously, I mean, Juju has is sort of first among equals. You've talked about the 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 depth you have there, but I mean, how have you? How is he different than he was a year ago? I mean, it seems like especially on third down, like he is the guy that might be the guy that you might be the, that first option there. Trust, right? There's a lot of trust there. I mean, he's a guy, obviously that's been in the system for a while now. He's a guy that I can line up anywhere and he knows what to do. 
And I think um, what you see from him in terms of his demeanor, his attitude, and when the ball's in his hand, his determination, um, it, it's unbelievable. And so, uh, you know, <laughs> there's been times in, in the last couple of games when I've gotten the ball to him on third and third and whatever, and, and he's caught it a little bit short of the first down. And I have 100% confidence that he's going to find a way to get the first down. Um, he's just a competitor. He's fun to play with. I'm, I'm so proud of him. He's not putting up gaudy numbers. Um, like he has in years past, but, um, but the things that he's doing is just as important um, for this offense and for this team as, as, as any year that he's ever done. Time for a few more Joe Rudder. Yeah, Ben, I mean, you've had your core of offensive linemen for a while, but you've had a few changes in the past few years, yet your sack numbers are still down. What do you attribute to Or what numbers are still down? Your sack numbers. Your sack numbers. Oh, well, I think, I think, um, you know, there's been a few guys there that, um, you know, you talk about Pouncey. Um, who's, who's always been the leader of that group. And you've got Dave and Al and, and Matt's played, you know, and, and Chooks has played quite a bit too. So guy, the guys know each other. And I think when you come to, when it comes to blocking, especially from the O-line group, it's about cohesion. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously there's one-on-ones, but there's a lot of games that happen up front. So those guys knowing each other um, and, and believing and trusting each other, I think is, is the biggest key to, to the numbers. There he is, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, before practice yesterday. Uh, some very nice things to say about Juju. Some not-so-nice things to say about his head coach's Mac comments. I, I love that little sl- side plot that's that's played out this year. And then Keith Butler today saying SEC versus Mac. They're all trying to... Uh, you know, to to get under Ben's skin a little bit there. Gotta gotta love a little a little team banter. Uh, before we get out of here, Arthur Motes has been nabbed by Steelers TV. So you just got me, but we got two tweets here, uh, real quick before we get out of here. Uh, our buddy Thrash wants to know for Motes hosts Friday tomorrow, would we be able to start each segment with a Motesy game highlight from the archives? Great idea, Thrash. Uh, for sure. We'll play a little Moats Roulette with the highlights tomorrow on the show. It's been too long since we've done that. And Rebecca, the lit one. See, that's the part where Moats normally goes, lit, lit, lit. Jeez, oh, I need my hype man. Uh, Rebecca asks, do you guys miss concerts more or watching live professional sports? It's a toss-up for me. I miss them both, but thankfully the electric factory keeps my spirits up. Well, thank you, Rebecca. Um, man, that is a great question. For me, it's probably has to do with when the question is asked. And so what I mean by that is if you would have asked me back in the summer, right? Like if you would have asked me in July or August, uh, you miss concerts more or professional sports, I would have probably said concerts because that's the time of year when I always go to a bunch of concerts to the summertime concert in a lawn somewhere at a pavilion, you know, with a cold beer in my hand and live music on the stage. That is my happy place. I love it. But right now, professional sports for sure right Rebecca because it's football season I I WVU games Steelers games fall football uh for right now I I would rather go to a uh, a professional sporting event I'd rather go to a football game than to uh than to a live concert but like I said if you ask me that question over the summertime you know when it's 80 90 degrees out and normally there's concerts every single weekend yeah man I, I I would like to uh to soak up the sun with a cold one in my hand and listen to some live music for sure as well good questions all day today thanks for everybody for their participation on the twitter.com thanks to our buddy Brian Backo for joining us earlier uh, that'll do it for us today but we'll be back tomorrow with a two hour Friday show we'll sing some songs we'll get that paper we'll have our five star Friday matchups the normal the typical Friday hijinks 
and uh, and we will get you ready, send you into the weekend for Steelers Jags. So we'll talk the ends tomorrow, high noon. And as always, you know where to find us. It's on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. A Steelers. A nation. A radio.